We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everyone. It's Lindsay Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Blue Wire. I play real sports. Not trying to be the best at exercising. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Not just any ball player. I'm Kenny fucking Powers. Yeah, I hurt myself. I hurt my nose. I'm Kenny Powers! All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. Episode three of the Eastbound and Down Rewatch, and we'll get right into it. Joining me, my co-host on this this Kenny Powers journey, Jeremy Lost. Jeremy, I am wearing my I'm wearing my Kenny's Kenny Powers mask. I'm like fully pumped up for this for this podcast. Uh, I can't wait to talk about the best piece of Kenny merch um, because this episode has some of the oddest sports memorabilia I've ever seen in my life. Did you score that one super discounted on eBay? Yeah, yeah. Definitely wasn't going to spend the $600 that he was asking for. Yeah, you can't pay full price for that. Uh, okay, so Eastbound and Down Rewatch. Uh, folks, if you haven't, we, we've done episode, we've done chapter chapter one, chapter two, uh, an incredible pilot, pretty good follow-up episode. They're all on the big screen sports feed where we're doing Eastbound and Down uh, at least season one throughout the month of uh, December into January. Let's get into chapter three. Uh, Kenny's money troubles increase, and he resorts to trying to merchandise all his memorabilia from his playing days. As the sales don't go as expected, Kenny suspects he needs God in his life. Uh, there's actually trivia on this one. I, I went to uh, IMDb. I, I didn't realize they had the trivia is like for individual episodes. There's really only one. Uh, in season one, April puts on a Kenny Powers mask, the mask that you were referencing. And Kenny tells her she looks like Michael Myers. Danny McBride would go on later to write the uh, Michael Myers script. He wrote the the recent Halloween reboot. Um, right into it, leading off, Jeremy, what is your first impression of this episode? Um, definitely not as good as the first two, but I think this was a different tone that we see from Kenny throughout the episode. Yes, he is still doing Kenny Powers uh, shenanigans, but there is a little bit more of a heartfelt uh, underbelly to this episode. Um, with his interactions with Cassie while he's trying to hawk off his stuff on eBay. He obviously has his interactions with April. And also, like in a weird way, the connection that he's starting to uh, bring about with Stevie, um, especially at the beginning, it's not quite heartfelt at the beginning. It's more of like he sees uh, an opportunity to kind of prey on Stevie. But you can start to see that, that bond form between the two um, to the point where Stevie tries to take the arm of a star high school pitcher or stab him. I, I don't quite understand what he was trying to go, uh, go for at the end of the episode, but I think this one just has a little bit more of a heartfelt nature to it than any of the other episodes so far. This one is very top heavy. I feel like a lot of the laugh out loud moments, uh, the better parts of the episode for me, as far as funny stuff was at the beginning. Um, it's, it's made up of very funny moments when we get into best scene. I only have like two nominees for best scene, which I think the previous episodes we've been talking about almost every scene on there. 
Um, so for our opening questions for each other, I'm going to go first because I don't want you to. I don't want you to have stolen mine. <laughs> Jeremy, has Kenny Powers ever actually killed someone? Damn it, that was my question. <laughs> <laughs> Because in so in the beginning, uh, for reference, at the beginning, uh, when he and he and Stevie are in the car, and uh, Kenny Stevie's going on about how fun smashing a brick through Ashley Schaefer's, or how badass smashing a brick through one of Ashley Schaefer's cars was. Uh, Kenny said, "Smashing a brick through a dude's window is nothing compared to things I've done. I've killed people." So fucking badass, Kenny man. You still fucking. You say you. Fucking mess with me? I throw a brick in your face! Smashing a brick through a fucking dude's window is nothing compared to the things I've done. And I've killed people. He's he's 100% bullshitting trying to look cooler than he is. But it's just funny how that's where his mind went to try to be cool to Stevie. Because you could basically say whatever you want to Stevie and he would be all on board. Because Stevie is just like a little kid looking up to his idol. Um, so, so play devil's advocate here to your answer. It, if Kenny has done a, a vehicular manslaughter hit and run and fled the scene, kind of like he was doing in this episode, it would, it would not have surprised. Like if Kenny's killed someone, it's like a, it's like a Ted Kennedy situation. Yes. He almost kills Clegg in this episode. Like when he launches him off the, the jet ski, he damn near like either kills him or like paralyzes him because he launches him onto the beach off the jet ski at full speed so i mean if he has killed somebody it's definitely by drunk driving or something like that for sure um you did you actually asked me a question this week though that we that we can lean into as well uh you asked me you said we need to talk about which piece of kenny powers merch that we would want the most yeah but let's say let's save that i have another question okay hit me with it yeah, so how fast do you, what do you think Kenny Powers' uh, mile time is? Oh, man. So what, like, so the record is four, right? Or isn't like yeah. a four-minute mile a big yeah. thing? Um, so he's at least, you got to think Kenny is probably a, it's at least 10, it's probably close to 12. If I was going to say 12 to 13. One. Yeah. It's a slow, slow pace. And that's after he takes steroids, because before he couldn't even get out of his driveway when he ran. So it's 12 to 13 minutes on steroids. How many times does he need to stop? So like a mile is what, like four laps around like a high school track? Right? Yeah. Is he stopping once per lap, you think? Oh, 100%. Yeah. He stops he's doing that, that slow snail's pace. He stops at least once on the first half mile and then stops two times a lap on the on the second half mile. Yeah. Yeah. He's There's uh, no way he runs creeping. nonstop. He's just completely out of shape. Even his his running motion at the end of the episode is just so robotic. Everything about him does not it screams that he's not an athlete. <laughs> just Which like, is perfect. It is. But it's just funny cuz like his running just looks so like robotic and uncomfortable so um, it was, it was quite comical to see him try to at least get out of his driveway when he's running and then he runs into the, uh, the, the paper boy who, who he ends up telling to sell weed so he can make more money. It's just like, <laughs> it's absurd. I should, I forgot. I should have written that down for, wrote that down for best quote. I completely forgot about that one for best scene. Did you have more than two scenes in this one? Cause like we talked about the pilot, it's this, this show has made it, it there's scenes and then there are funny Kenny moments, like quick hits. I feel like this episode was super moment centric. Yeah. I have a couple scenes um, and you may have the, the same one. So I have the, uh, the cold open when they're driving and he tries to pull a fast and the furious move when he sees Clegg and crashes into the boat. And then he convinces Stevie that he was driving I have um, that as well. That yeah, when he I, did the the quick turn and just goes right into the boat, like I burst out laughing, and then he yells, "Hold on to your dick!" and then tries to do it. It just doesn't even come close. Motherfucker! That's flag in my fucking truck. Hold on to your dick. 
and then when the camera pans around, like after the Stevie comes to, and you see that Kenny <laughs> has put him in the driver's seat, you know exactly what Kenny's doing. It's just, it's fantastic. Yeah, I have that. I have the the scene in the gymnasium where he's teaching and the principal comes in and he basically like pushes the principal out and they're having what I can only like describe are like night fights like they're all dressed in gear and they're like hitting each other with swords um he's kind of making the kids do hell in a cell yeah pretty much and they're they're all yelling kill um that's a good scene the scene with the scout where he's having to, he's having the conversation about where he is in life, and he asks the scout for help. And the I have that like, one too. I can't help you, and he's basically he ends up telling him to go fuck himself. Um, I think that's a really that it's like another dose of reality just hitting Kenny in the face, and also that just the sidebar of Kenny just right away saying he's two years clean and sober is fucking hysterical. He he, he says he's two years clean and sober, and then he also says he's two days away from being the best shape of his life. <laughs> That is probably not a lie, honestly. At least, like, his adult life, because I feel like he's gotten only progressively worse in shape since the day he signed. Yeah, and then there's a... It's a quick scene, but the scene with Clegg, where he he uh, throws him onto the sandbar, uh, nearly kills him or paralyzes him, but the back and forth where he asks him, he says, I need you to score me some juice, and Clegg responds saying, what do you mean, like, from the store? <laughs> And then Kenny, no, motherfucker, I'm talking about roids. Don't act like you don't know about drugs when you do. Yeah. Just the response from Clegg asking him, like, from the store, like, that whole scene is great. Um, But yeah, I agree, like, there weren't as many quality scenes, but there were still some really good ones. Um, I I really love the scene with the scout, because it just is that dose of reality for Kenny. Um, And you get some really good Stevie moments, too, where, like, he bumps into him, and he says, like, watch it ass blood something along, along those lines in a really awkward way so um i i would say the the scene with the the scout is probably the best one of the episode i think i think that is the cold open i think is the funniest the cold open had me in stitches uh but i think the the one with the scout is good one that neither of us actually um neither of us mentioned was the the sit down with Cassie after I, I've got a thing about that later oh but yes that, that one is actually that one is actually really good it's part of that kind of heart to heart that you were talking about earlier in the episode. yeah I had forgotten about that scene I when he stands in front stands in their room and wakes them up and then he walks back into the room and he stands at the window like he's a mob boss and he snaps his fingers and he's like the internet like that's just comical to me also when they are when he's initially having that discussion with Cassie about selling the stuff on eBay, is he playing with a pair of his underwear? Yes. Yeah, he uh cuz he he opens the hole and he says that's where my dick goes through. He says that <laughs> to his sister-in-law with he a pair of the underwear on his face. Yeah, it's it's tough. It, that's one of the weirder like th- that's one of the things that the show gets away with and is really funny about is that y- they've just bought so much credit with the viewer that Kenny can do anything and it won't take you out of it. You won't be like, no, that's, that's not something Kenny powers would do. They've given you this, this air of belief. Cause I mean, at every turn, it's like Kenny does the, the worst thing he could do. Yeah. I, I had to go back and watch that scene twice. I was like, is that a shirt? Is that a pair of underwear? Cause when he puts it on his face, that's when it kind of loses me. I was like, there's no way he's putting a pair of dirty underwear on his face. But lo and behold, he actually is. There's also like, this isn't probably one of the better scenes, but it is an important scene to kind of set up where things are going. And that's a scene out in front of the school where he, him and April are actually flirting. And it's obvious that they're flirting and you can see that there's still chemistry there. Um, and then obviously we get the payoff at the end of the episode where she buys the broken bat. But I think that's a good way to kind of set up where things are going and maybe some positive is coming into Kenny's life with April kind of coming back into the fold. Um, and and there's still like some Kennyisms kind of mixed in there where he talks about like what we can sell tickets to a to a dance for a kid I don't give a shit about and I can't sell my own shit out here or something along those lines. But like I think that's an important episode or important scene for the larger season because it does kind of set up that April still has feelings and April might come around for Kenny and you might see some positive light coming into Kenny's life. It does set that in motion. I've got something about that later. I think that that was interesting because it, it kind of 
it's just, and you mentioned this in the last episode, you're talking, it's just, it's kind of there. Like you can see there's that little spark. And then this, like you, you realize right away, I think in this one, like, oh shit, like she buys the bat, they flirt behind the car. Like it's, it's going to be a thing. It's just, I, I, I've got a thing in a bit. Um, let's, let's do most and least authentic. Did you have something for the, the most authentic part of this episode? Um, selling merch on eBay is that's not as exactly, easy as it seems. That's exactly what I, well, <laughs> I had actually, so mine was, uh, hawking merch is the second resort of washed up athletes after, <laughs> uh, the appearance at the car dealership. But yes, hawking merch on eBay is a, is a difficult hustle. Yeah. I mean <laughs> that he's pricing everything. I think he prices his bat at $5,000 and he ends up getting seven. Um, but yeah, I think that's by far the most realistic aspect of this. Um, in an episode filled with just unrealistic merch. And we could talk about probably talk about the merch in probably the next segment. But um, yeah, I mean, even like you can look at the high school baseball game and realize that's probably not as realistic because, again, they showcase the guy throwing the ball and it looks like the kid has never thrown a ball in his life. Yeah, he throws uh, 50 miles an hour. That's what I had for least authentic. Yeah, so um, I would probably say the eBay aspect is the most authentic and the baseball is the least the, the baseball playing is the least authentic. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, is when they, and it, it's like, I'm surprised they couldn't get a kid who, who looked like he knew how to throw, but I mean, that's not what the show was trying to do either. I don't think they don't care if that, you know, the kid Caldwell could actually, could actually would throw you, a baseball. Would you say that it's authentic that a washed up baseball player is jealous of a high schooler that's stealing all his thunder? Actually, yeah, I was gonna. I was. I was actually thinking about riffing on something like that. Like, I, I didn't write it down, but I, when we were th- just now, I was thinking like, it is kind of, it is kind of a thing because uh, Kenny is like we we talked about in the last episode. Kenny is stuck in the mentality of like a freshman in high school or like a high schooler, and Kenny is very much your classic glory days guy because everything mm-hmm. from the moment he got that strikeout in Atlanta, everything has just gone downhill since. Like, it's been a slow decline. And Kenny would give anything to be back in high school, hanging out with Clegg, dating April, big shit on campus, about to get drafted. Everyone loves him. And this is a... It's like Kenny looking in a mirror and realizing, like, this kid has everything that I used to have, and this sucks. And that's that's why he's so bitter when he's talking to that scout. Yeah, yeah, I would say it's it's pretty authentic to have that kind of relationship if you are a washed up athlete. Though I wouldn't say it, it would go as far as like having your your minion attempt to stab the kid or do whatever. Um, but oh, I, he de- he definitely did that on his own accord, though. Oh, you think Stevie, Stevie did that on his oh, own for sure as a way to kind of like get in Kenny's good graces for like a hundred hundred percent. Stevie is Stevie is that kind of weird kind of like a little bit on the spectrum psycho. Yeah, that's fair. For sure. Yeah, that's fair. I, I mean, it's funny. It's funny how like Kenny also calls him. He's talking to, to Stevie about like going to the game and he goes, he tells Stevie, he's like, I want to see what this limp dick imposter is working with. Like he's talking about a little, like a high school kid about this. Like he is so upset that this kid is stealing any of his thunder and, and getting any of the light while he's back in town. So it's just interesting that like he is so upset about a high schooler and how it's like completely taking him off course and that he's kind of become obsessed with him for this short amount of time in the episode. To uh to bring the actual sports aspect of it into it, the scout says he's from UNC Wilmington, which like Division One school, quality baseball program. Twins catcher Ryan Jeffers was a second rounder out of UNC Wilmington, but certainly not a powerhouse. So th- this kid, if UNC Wilmington, if it's like spring of his senior year and they think they're in the in the still in the game for this kid, is not near the the prospect Kenny was. I think Kenny is just as much jealous of like his ba- the kid's baseball talent, but just the fact that he is his future in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Kenny was a first round pick straight out of high school. So exactly. Kenny, yeah. Kenny was elite. Kenny was one of the best 32 amateur players in the nation, which is what very is, does, funny. To does baseball about. have like a McDonald's all American? 
Um, baseball does a, uh, there's an Under Armour All-American game and there's a Perfect Game All-American game, which used to be Affleck. The Perfect Game one is played, I think in San Diego still, and the Under Armour one is played in, uh, is played at Wrigley Field. Okay, so he's, I mean, he'd be in both of those. Yeah, Kenny would have been, Kenny would have been an Affleck All-American, I I think if, I I don't know if it was around, but the Under Armour one was not around until like the, I think the late 2000s. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, Kenny, Kenny would have been, Kenny would have been that kind of guy for sure. Also another like most authentic part. Um, and this is just cause like, I, I would assume like there's probably, uh, a, a person like this, how he does, he sneaks some Coke in the middle of the cafeteria while he's sitting there doing his lunch. That's one of my favorite <laughs> fucking parts of this episode because it's a complete throwaway. It's just like he does the Coke and then it's like, okay, cut something, something else. It's just like, <laughs> it goes really quick. So yeah, you're right. It's like a throwaway because you can totally forget about it. But he he just blatantly does Coke in the middle of the cafeteria sitting next to a student. This it's not that he's alone. Actually, he's sitting right next to somebody. This might actually be Kenny's scummiest episode. When you think about like all the stuff he's we'll, we're going to get into it in Kenny being Kenny, but I want to, I want to revisit that. I think this of the three so far, I think this might be Kenny's like Kenny does the most scummy, unforgivable things. Let's take a quick ad break and then we'll get back with what worked. Big screen sports is brought to you by indeed 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Thank God. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site according to Comscore. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria, and you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Big Screen Sports is also brought to you by BetOnline. Football is back in full swing. We're almost at the playoffs, and somehow the Cowboys' money line has hit two weeks in a row at the time of this recording. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still bet on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in every possible chance to win the season. From game spreads and totals, team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. Right now is the perfect time to get in on the Super Bowl bets and fade the Chiefs if you're feeling brave. Uh, head to BetOnline today and take full advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we're back, and let's get into what worked. And, and a big thing that worked in this one was the Kenny merch. Jeremy, I want you to take it away. What if you could kind of the offer that that Kenny gives his nephews? Go in, pick one thing out of that uh, that trailer. What are you grabbing? What piece of Kenny merch? Oh, that's such a tough decision because. Just of the things that we see or hear him talk about, there are some really iconic pieces of merch. So we have the mask, which looks like uh, a Michael Myers mixed with uh, V for Vendetta kind of mask. Oh, that's um, a good, that's a good comp. Foam middle, the foam middle finger, the guitar. He has his bat, the baby pillow. It's not even a, a large. It's a baby pillow, which is odd. Kenny Powers condoms. Kenny Powers cookies and a toilet seat that says pitch it in like Kenny Powers, which he then says, look at it. It opens up. You take shits through the middle of it. Like, and it's valued over $2,000. Um, I think for me, just because it's, it's hilarious. And I think there's <laughs> so many fun things you could do with it. Um, I would do the mask. Uh, cause I feel like that would just be a lot of fun to actually wear around and just, have some fun with it and see what people say. If you have the, the mask on, um, shortly followed or followed shortly by the, uh, the foam middle finger. Cause that's a classic. I was thinking about functionality in my home, kind of like what I would want the most. And like, I love 
sports merch and obscure sports merch. I have in my office, I have a random signed picture of, of Tom Flash Gordon in, uh, just because I found it at a, at a random like uh, antique store here where I live. Um, I, I live for just the most random shit. So a lot of this was very much up my alley. Like, I, at first I was like, the toilet seat is hilarious. But then I realized, like, there's no way my fiance would let me install a, a Kenny Powers <laughs> toilet seat in her house. Like, I would, and I'm, and she probably, like, I, I get kind of free reign in my office, but I don't think it's the first room you see when you walk into our house. I don't think she let me put the toilet seat on the wall. Um, the pillowcase is kind of funny. Like, that's, that's a, that's a funny one to, like, you put in your guest room, maybe. I don't know. That, I, I still think that's a thing that gets vetoed. The, the middle finger foam finger, I think, is cool. I'm I'm gonna be super lame. I would probably buy if if Kenny Powers Broken Bat was on eBay. That's probably what I would buy. If there's an obscure relief pitcher who has is selling their Broken Bat home run on eBay for seven dollars, like and someone knows about it, holler because I will buy it <laughs> and put it on my wall. Like if if like Turk Wendell, former Mets relievers, hit a home run and his bat is on is on uh, eBay, holler at me, folks. I want to buy it. In contrast, how much do you think a Bartolo Colon home run bat is going for on eBay? Just kind of like imagining. If that bat made it to eBay, the bidding would get stupid because of like the meme culture around that home run. But it would like Bartolo could could like pay off his second family for that one. (laughs) It would. I mean, that would get that would get more than like a Mike Trout home run, I think. If oh, I yeah. drop it, put, put a game used because I mean, there's going to be 500 of those. There's one Bartolo home run, and it was the shot heard around the world. Yeah, unfortunately, it was against the Padres, and I I'm a Padres fan, so that was rough. Yeah, against James Shields, I believe. Yeah, but James Shields really paid us back because he was traded for Fernando Tatis Jr. And I will forever be in his debt for that. That trade will haunt the White Sox forever because they already have an amazing young core and they gave away Fernando Tatis Jr. I know. I'm it's I'm very thankful as a Twins fan they did that. Folks, if you're enjoying all this actual baseball talk, go listen to From <laughs> Phenom to the Farm, wherever you get your podcast. Now, like one thing that I kind of thought about when I was watching this um, and seeing all the Kenny merch, it reminded me like was like Kenny Powers like a precursor to Supreme? Like, cause you know how like Supreme had like the Supreme brand has all these like random ash like things that they just put their brand on. I feel like Kenny Powers was like the perfect precursor for the hype beast moment or movement. Cause like, I'm sure th- I know there's Supreme cookies. I'm sure there's a Supreme toilet seat. I wouldn't be surprised if there's Supreme condoms. So like, I feel like Supreme just stole the- everything from Kenny Powers. It's interesting that Kenny has all the merch. Because you yeah. think like someone would have like he would have he would have had some partner or someone like real like people who whoever is selling Mike Trout's merch Mike Trout isn't shipping that out out of his garage Mike Trout has no merch in his you know in his garage it's like mm-hmm. someone is doing this as a business but like at some point during Kenny's time in Atlanta because all like most of this merch is Atlanta based when he was famous is someone got with Kenny who's like, we should put your face on everything and then we'll sell it and we'll be rich forever, man. And instead, Kenny has this like locker of Kenny Powers merchandise. Yeah. So this uh, is when we were talking uh, about Kenny like being bad with money. This is another thing because he paid for all this merchandise. Oh, yeah. 100%. Everything except the bat. The bat was probably given to him. Yeah. Um, so what else for you worked about this one? Um, I said it before, but I I think the dynamic between Kenny and April, um, was just a really good way to kind of set the stage for the rest of the season. Um, I thought that was the best moment, um, of the episode, or at least the most like, um, heartfelt and kind of honest moment, um, because you can just see them back in their element and kind of flirting. Um, so I would say that was what kind of worked the most. Uh, for me personally, was was just that dynamic between the two. So let's get into my contrarian take. And this is, I mean, we know how this show winds up, you know, uh, three, four seasons later, whatever it is. So we know how this goes, but I would have, so if I could do it again, and they put me in charge, because you see that part of what is fueling this is she is just completely, she is not content with Cutler. Mm-hmm. She she is very bored with Cutler. 
I would have preferred, I, I loved April being in the driver's seat in the first two episodes and how this goes. And we said we we're going to take it episode by episode, but it is very clear that Kenny has a pull on her. Yeah. Versus I would have very much more enjoyed it. April continuing to have the upper hand, which unfortunately she just does not have towards the back end of the season. And she is again. And I, I just wanted more for April especially seeing these those first two episodes and like it is very funny that april is one of the few people not buying what kenny powers is selling yeah i mean that's fair it it, the dynamic between the two in the first two episodes definitely leans her way um and it is a little bit more entertaining but i still kind of i mean maybe it's like the romantic in me for whatever reason but i enjoy watching this kind of watching them kind of interact with each other and almost act like them like be honest to themselves. Like Kenny is not a complete asshole when he's with her. Like he says some things that are like a bit over the top, but at the same time, like you can see, like he has some sweetness to him and some tenderness. And then you also see like Ray or April kind of her back and forth with Kenny. So I, I mean, maybe it's just the romantic in me that I really like seeing that dynamic, but I, I do agree that like, it was a, probably a little bit more entertaining seeing her with the upper hand and call him on his bullshit all the time. April anonymously buying the bat is a good touch. Yeah, it's, it's a sweet touch. Yeah. Um, something the show, potentially the most genius thing the show does, the audio book is a running track. Might it, it might be my favorite thing about Eastbound and Down. The quotes coming out of that audio book when he's in the, the garage trying to set up a weight room are just incredible. And we can maybe even do those for like best quote. Um, but man, they are um, incredible. So I was going to, like, I put down in, in Kennyisms that I am not going to use stuff said in the audiobook because it's like, it's too, it's just head and shoulders above actual thing. Like, it is, if there's one thing I hate, it's losing. If there's two things I hate, it's losing and getting cancer. Like, <laughs> it's, it's like the, the thing about, you know, that people say Kenny Powers is a woman hater. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's not true. I love women, every fucking one of them, <laughs> even the ugliest shit ones. But don't ask me to trust them, not even nuns. Every pair of tits comes with a gaping hole that needs that a gaping hole of needs that even Kenny Powers can't fill. That's just like incredible. And then there's also the I've been blessed with many things in my life an arm like a damn rocket, a cock like a Burmese python, and a mind like a fucking scientist. <laughs> it's such a perfect comedic. It's like they were using it for the training montage. Yeah. Like the training montage, but it's his own audiobook. It is a really perfect form of, of comedy storytelling. It's just it's so good. And it gives you it gives you so much of these random bursts of Kenny Powers and understanding this this insane psyche. And it's honestly, I would love if there was B roll of them just sitting in some writer's room coming up with all this stuff. Cause I'm I mean the thing, the funny thing about the audiobook, what makes it so genius and good is it doesn't have to be in context at all. And mm-hmm. they can just think of these wild things and throw about. I would bet they had a hundred more ideas that didn't make it into the show. Yeah, oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, if they put out the audiobook, like if they were like, fine, we're going to put it together and actually like make it seem plausible that like there is a real audiobook, if they put that out on, on iTunes, I would like download that immediately and just try to list, like listen to it every day. It'd be wonderful. It'd be yeah. wonderful. Uh, something else that was wonderful, Kenny casually working out in a red thong, which you see when he <laughs> injects himself in steroids. Yeah. He he loves those thongs. I need to I need to get into something that doesn't work in, in the category I call you're fucking out. Dude, I'm not here for Stevie. Fuck I've, out I've of realized here with that, I, man. I had much fonder memories. Of, I'm, I'm not here for it. I haven't found him funny. The... The he is too much of a weird serial killer. The the thing at the end, I didn't I didn't find the thing going to stab the high school player funny at all. I was just like, oh, this is like, this is insanely creepy. Stevie is best being used as this vehicle for Kenny to be shitty, like the the thing with the driving and just being his minion. Mm-hmm. But it's just I'm 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 really not here for Stevie. Honestly. Oh, man. I love Stevie. Maybe it's just because I've watched the entire series. So, like, I just grew to love Stevie. But I just like how, like, attached and um, loyal he is to Kenny. And he is an idiot. Like, there's no way around it. Like, he's a gigantic idiot. But 
Um, I, I just love that loyalty and that dynamic that they have between each other. And and like he has some really funny moments. Like I said, when he's when he when they're with the scout and he walks into the scout and the scout says like watch it prick and he turns around and he says the most awkward thing imaginable. He says watch it ass blood and he tries to act like he's hard and he's far from it. Um, I love Stevie. I, I am hoping I will fall more back in love with Stevie as we go on. Cause like what he brings to the show as far as circumstance is really good. I mentioned, you know, the thing at like Ashley Schaefer, just being dominated by Ashley Schaefer later in the series is really funny. His marriage is very funny. And like the, the circumstances that Stevie brings about, but so far three episodes in, I haven't directly laughed at something Stevie has done. So I'm, I'm hoping that kind of wears off. Did you have anything that didn't work for you in this one? Um, I would have taken Dustin out of this episode. I, I didn't really think that he... Like, he was just there to, like, shit on Kenny the entire mm-hmm. time. Um, which, at times, is fine. But I felt like this episode really didn't need it. Um, so I think that's kind of where I was at. It was maybe we take out Dustin. In terms of, like, a scene, I couldn't really pinpoint a scene or anything like that where I'd want to take it out. Like, even, like, the... The small scenes for me worked. Um, like I said, this wasn't a, a great episode, but it still was like entertaining for me where I wouldn't want to take anything out and it'd feel awkward. Like this one kind of just moved along and I think Dustin could have been easily removed and I would have been fine. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Um, Lenny Harris Pinch Hitter Award for Best Supporting Character. I have three nominees. Uh, Alan Hicks, who's the old baseball scout, who's played by character actor Danny Vinson. Um, the little, okay. So the, you know, it, the scene where Kenny's hawking the merch out of his car and yeah. the father and son come to the trunk. Do you know who the, the boy is? I don't. His name is Luke Bigham, AKA young Ricky Bobby from Talladega Nights. Oh shit. <laughs> That's a good find. There's, there's only two credits. This and Eastbound and Down and Talladega Nights, which if you're going to have two credits, those are two really good ones to have. Is he being typecast? He might be. He he might have just been like, I'm getting out of Hollywood because all I'm getting is like the dumb kid from Hickville. Yeah. <laughs> roles. And then the third I have in my pick is Cassie Powers, played by I, Jennifer Irwin. She has her a, a nice little episode. Yeah, this was this was Cassie's episode. She was great. The, she tries the to monologue. be the mother figure. Yeah, the the little monologue, the little mini pep speech she gives Kenny is very good. It's like it's a. It's a very heartfelt speech in a show that's not quite about that. Yeah, I mean, she really does try to be that mother figure for Kenny. Um, and then you start to see kind of Kenny's soft side come out when he when he gives the, the merch away to the kids. Um, but she deals with a lot. She puts up with a lot of Kenny shit. Um, and you can see that she is like a master of eBay because she's on there selling random ass shit, making money. Doing selling her thing. old sweatshirts and yeah, shit. Yeah, I mean, she she's a hustler. Um, so yeah, I think this is Cassie's by far her best episode. She's great. Yeah, she she's very good. Uh, Kennyisms, the best Kenny quote of the episode. I had three. I'm sure you've got more. I like I said, I'm not going to use stuff said in the audiobook. It's amazing. It's ridiculous. It's out of context. I'm not going to use it. Uh, I had the one already. You know, the thing about I've killed people that made me laugh. Uh, this the exchange with Clegg about steroids, which also made me laugh. And then when he is leaving Stevie in the car, he says, "I'm going to split because I got priors." That made <laughs> me laugh harder than every than anything in the episode. You were driving because you're my assistant. That's what my assistant does. He drives me around when I get shit hammered. What? Am Am I really your assistant? I don't know. That depends. Were you driving? Yes. Yes, I was driving. Yes, of course you were. Of course you were. All right, well, I'm going to split because I got priors, but see you at school. <laughs> I laughed really hard at that. Um, I have a couple. So I have fundamentals are the crutch of the talent list in life. When you have talent, nothing else matters. Um, I'm two, I'm about two days away from being in the best condition of my life, uh, but it's for me, it's the quote that he has with this, the other quote that he has with the scout when he says, yeah, I'm pretty much re-engineering man's approach to pitching. If you want to get down to brass tacks. <laughs> Incredible. The, the whole thing, like the fluff he's giving the scout, like being two years sober in that quote. Yeah. It's just, it's just amazing. 
And at first, the scout's kind of like, oh, you're coming back, huh? And then he starts to realize, like, nope, Kenny Powers is just the same old asshole. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's a it's a really uh, important scene because you, you do kind of see kind of Kenny realize that people aren't going to fall for certain people aren't going to fall for his shit anymore. Um, and you can see that it kind of gets under his skin a little bit. So um, that that whole back and forth of the scout is just incredible. And it, it really does kind of set the tone going forward. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to go with the, uh, the I'm going to split because I got priors, though, because that, <laughs> that was my. I love that. Also, uh, how does how do neither one of them have a scratch on them after that that accident? Like Kenny looks like he's just like he just woke up out of bed. Like he looks fine. Kenny knows how to survive a drunk driving car accident. Did somebody? It looked like somebody went through the window though. Yeah. It, well, that's strange too because the the window is broken in front of the driver's side. Yeah. So that means Kenny went through the window. I mean, Kenny Powers knows how to survive being thrown out a window. It's not the first time. That Kenny has been thrown out of a window. It's probably because he's like he's all hopped up on drugs, so he's like he can handle anything. Exactly. He's yeah. No, go. Kenny's still he's coming down from the ecstasy, but he's hammered because he's still that is still the same night as the the ecstasy yeah. dance. So yeah, Kenny's rolling too. Okay, so Kenny being Kenny, and I I want to pose this to you: Is this Kenny's scummiest episode? So just a rundown: He has Stevie take the fall for a drunk driving accident. Which is like Stevie teaches at full time at a school. Yeah, like that puts that puts his employment, his future in jeopardy. It's a huge financial hit. Uh, he suggests opening up a credit card in his nephew's names. <laughs> uh, great A scumbag shit. Um, he does cocaine in the middle of the lunchroom in a middle school, and then he rummages through the lockers, stealing food, and takes a picture of his junk on a student's camera. And he also he uses the future telling device. Oh the, yes, the South Park future telling device. He's he's one hundred percent asking if if uh, April still likes him during that whole whole scene. Yeah, yeah. So it I pose this to you: is this is of the first three? Is this the scummiest episode? Mm, probably. Um, I mean, the first one is pretty bad, but it. I mean, he does a lot of really sketchy shit in this episode, like you said. So. Yeah, I think it's fair to say this is his scummiest episode, if you will. What's your favorite Kenny moment of the episode? Um, may, him in the Thunderdome teaching the kids um, <laughs> and basically <laughs> just itself. urging them on to beat the shit out of each other. It's it's really good. It's I wish we had, and I'm sure they have. I'm sure there is more B-roll and more deleted scenes and stuff of like, and just more general ideas out there in the ether of like, oh, we should have Kenny do this with the the gym class, and I just wish there was more of that. Yeah, and he's and he's he's telling the principal to get out because he can't he can't teach in front of them, um, and like shoes him off into the hallway, like the dynamic between like he is just like bossing the principal throughout this entire series, like he is just dominating him. In every way, shape, and form. Um, but I just love the way that he is just like standing in front, like he is the king. Like you can see that he's just loving, like, like he's loving the environment because he's the king and he can kind of rule over these kids. And he's just like telling them to beat the shit out of each other. So I just, for me, that was a perfect Kenny moment. Well, like we've said, uh, Kenny is, um, or Cutler is, is a complete Kenny simp, so he can get away with anything. Right. Yeah. The big cringe. Uh, Hold on, what was Kenny's, your favorite Kenny moment? Oh, my favorite Kenny moment is uh, is having Stevie take the fall for the drunk driving accident. Okay, yeah. That's just, yeah, I mean, it was fucking perfect. Like, that was that was Kenny Power. Like, if I had to show someone what Kenny Power is all about, it would probably be that. Because it's the ride of saying, I've killed people before. It's like, no, it starts with the brick through the car window. And then Stevie's saying that he can't drink because he's driving. Kenny looks at him. Then next thing we know, Kenny's behind the wheel. He goes, I can't take the spirits. (laughs) (laughs) So Kenny's behind the wheel, driving drunk, says that's Clegg in his truck, tries to do the fucking, the Italian job, spin it like U-turn move, crashes right into a boat, and then has Stevie take the fall in ditches. It is the perfect Kenny Powers minute. Yeah, that is, uh, it's classic. Also, he's he's still wearing that all black getup, like that his his stepping out clothes. 
Oh, Kenny love yeah, exactly. Like he he commits a he commits a, a felony in his in his stepping out clothes. How many felonies do you think he's committed in that outfit? Oh Jesus! I mean, because he, he commits multiple. <laughs> he commits multiple that night because I think I'm ninety percent certain that bringing drugs onto a school campus is a felony. So oh, yeah. there's that uh, dri- the the drunk driving accident. Um, the the brick through the. The windshield is probably a misdemeanor. I don't know my laws that well, but I would assume that's a misdemeanor. Yeah, think think that's a misdemeanor. Um, so the big cringe, the cringiest Kenny moment. What did you have? What is the the cringiest moment? The interaction with the 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 scout. That is also what I had. Yeah, I mean, it starts out fine, and then you start seeing it going downhill, um, and then it just turns into a a cringeworthy moment. So yeah, I would say the scout. Um, and, and probably the initial discussion with Cassie about eBay and kind of just n- not realizing that what's, what's about to happen. Like he's about to lose a shit ton of money on all this merch. Um, and he's also playing with underwear during that scene. So, um, but I, I just think what he, that interaction that he has with the scout is just, it embodies everything that is going on in this series right now. Like he's realizing that he is no longer at the top of the food chain. And people have moved past his bullshit. So, and, and he still doesn't doesn't know how to deal with that. When something he does with the scout when he first starts when he's when he's talking himself up and then he starts to lean on him about you know use your connects like yeah. hook it up that sort of thing. That's another one of those moments where Kenny's like Stevie's the only person in the world who still thinks that he is hot shit. Yep. Yeah. That that would be mine though. It's it's chewing out the chewing out the scout the. The initial act of waking Cassie and Dustin up at two o'clock in the morning when he comes home drunk is cringy. It's just like, oh my god! Like you, you feel for Dustin and Cassie, but that also turns into that that sweet Cassie moment again. Yeah. Shout out to shout out to Jennifer Irwin. What a, what a, what an episode for Cassie Powers. I would, I don't remember the rest of the season in detail. I would bet that this is probably the peak of Cassie Powers on Eastbound and Down. Yeah, this is definitely her peak. Jeremy, is this a Hall of Fame all-star starter or bench warmer Eastbound and Down episode? Okay, so we've talked about this. I, I I don't think this is anywhere close to Hall of Fame. I don't think this is an all-star. I don't think it's bad enough to be a bench warmer. So I would say this is a good number four starter episode. Yeah, this start this is a number four starter, gonna eat a lot of innings, gonna have a solid big league career, probably get a decent second contract, never gonna make an all-star team though. Yep. Exactly. Which, like, you, which you'll take. This show, I would be very surprised if there's a bench warmer episode of this show. Because I feel like if I get, if I watch something that makes me belly laugh at least twice, it is worth being, uh, for in 25 minutes, is worth being at least a starter. And this gets, this like this episode gets me a few times, it's solid. I will be very surprised that there's an episode on this show that doesn't, I mean, I, I can't remember being completely let down by any of these, but, you know, you never know. I think there might be one or two bench warmers later in the series, though. I don't think there's... I, I think one and two, it's like damn near impossible to find anything below a starter. One and two are incredible. I would say three and four, there may be like one or two episodes sitting in there that, that could be classified as bench warmers. I think tomorrow I'm going to put something out to the big screen sports Facebook group. And when I say tomorrow, I say six days previous to when you're listening <laughs> to this about, um, you know, what, what they think about the, the number of hall of famers, all-star starters and bench warmers. Should we be more strict? But I think so far what we've done pilots, a hall of famer chapter two is an all-star and this one's a starter. I mean, we have a good balance here. We're good. We're being fair. We're yeah. being very, very, very fair. The thing is, the hall, the pilot is so good that it's is really hard to live up to how good that pilot was. Yeah, that one is like we said on that episode. It's one of the the great pilots in television history. It's unbelievable. But I like the fact that we're getting some some nice balance in here. We are saying that this one is a starter, but it's a fringe starter. This is a number four starter here. This isn't like a number two guy that you'll put out there in a playoff game to start. Like, this is the number four guy that you might bring in in, like, the sixth inning to try to eat some innings when you want to get to your closer. So, like, this is a, a good episode, not not nearly as good as the other ones. 
It's still still a funny one, though. Can't wait to watch episode four. Uh, Jeremy, tell the folks where they can follow you and where they can check out your other podcast. Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy A. Loss. You can catch me on the Two Jabronis with a Wrestling podcast uh, every Thursday on the Blue Wire Network. We are talking uh, WWE, AEW, Impact Wrestling. If you love wrestling, please check out Two Jabronis with a Wrestling podcast. Um, that's every Thursday on Blue Wire on the Blue Wire Network, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports and the Eastbound and Down Rewatch, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, rate, leave a review. Uh, check out our previous two Eastbound and Down episodes and the entire catalog of Big Screen Sports episodes. Most episodes are pretty evergreen, covering your favorite and least favorite sports movies. Uh, we're going to be doing these Eastbound and Down episodes every Monday. Might have the occasional bonus episode. Might have an episode uh, episode coming out Friday. Um, also, I don't, uh, don't cross-promote this too much, but I did mention early in the episode, uh, if you are a baseball fan, uh, last week, which is yesterday, when we were, or today, recording this, but last week when you're listening, released an episode with um, with noted failed Angels project, uh, prospect Brandon Wood on From Phenom to the Farm. It was a very, uh, very enlightening conversation about, you know, mental health struggles when you're when you're failing as a top prospect it was it was very good so if you're a baseball fan uh go check that out from Fina on the farm wherever you get your podcast but yeah we will uh we'll catch you with chapter four of eastbound and down next monday thanks for listening I play real sports not trying to be the best at exercising dollar dollar bills y'all not just any ball player i'm kenny fucking powers yeah i hurt myself i hurt my nose Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.